This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 272, brought to you by C2E2, graphically, and iFanboy listeners like you. The dog days are over. The dog days are done. The horses are coming, so you better run. Run fast for your mother, fast for your father. Run for your children, for your sisters and brothers. Leave all your love and your love behind you. Can't read with you if you want to survive. The 
the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 272. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hey, Josh. <laughs> Connor Kilpatrick. I was really hoping we would keep it even, but oh, Ron spiked it up. A, We're going to keep this one even and mellow, Ron. Oh, you sorry. Took, I, I, missed the, to, I missed the email. You need to take it down even further, Connor. I like comics. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> iFanboy.com is our website. It is about comic books. It's all comics all the time because we read them. We are comic book readers. And every week we read a bunch of them and then one of us has the job of picking the pick of the week. That's their favorite book from the week. They write about it on the website and then we talk about it on the podcast along with other books in the week and, and letters and voicemails and, and, and discussion topics. Sometimes we talk about G.I. Joe and or Star Wars. <laughs> Sorry. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes we quote old school. <laughs> Often, a lot of times, very limited repertoire. A lot of, a lot of times, you don't, you don't even know we did it. It's some kind of quote you never even heard of before. We'll be talking about the stuff that happened in the book, so there will be spoilers. Be forewarned, people. So if you haven't read your books, come back after you have, or uh, caution be damned. That's what I say. You know, this week, uh, Ron. Yes. You are taking the Hickman checks. You are cashing them. Before I get started with the review, I just want to let you guys know that I've done my top ten list of podcasters. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you guys, you guys did like your six and seven, respectively. Connor oh. six, Josh seven. Oh, so, yeah, sorry. I, I like the little extra dig for me. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> Josh, you're eight. Josh, yeah. Connor was six. Josh, you're nine. <laughs> <laughs> Charlito was number eight. So you know that's the that's the problem. Was Tom number one? Is that Tom what was number one? Yeah, Tom was number one. So anyway, you were number two. <laughs> uh, you know what, Ron? I, I feel bad for you this week because in my stack. I was like, a lot of averageness this week. Yeah, it, it was for me. There was a couple, a couple of themes for me this week. It was, it was, uh, it was uh, Marvel Palooza for me specifically. I mean, I had like a couple that of DC for this week. Was that always the thing? Well, no, no. I mean, especially for That's... this week. I mean, like I had a couple of Image books, a couple of DC books, but like all the rest were Marvel. And um, and I agree with you. Like I read them, and there was stuff that I enjoyed that was good. Uh, but you know, but as far as like the mind blowing and, and admittedly going into my stack, I was like, yes, Wolverine Jubilee. The first issue was fantastic. I'm going to pump it up, but, and we'll talk about it later. I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it because there was really, a lot I, that was okay. Remember that time? Yeah. Remember a couple weeks ago when I had the pick and I said there was yep. an okay week and everybody yeah. laughed. It was like that week again. Yeah. It was like, oh, so happy to not have the pick. I read great books this week. I had a lot of fun reading my comics. Oh, no, nobody said we didn't have fun reading them. I'm oh, no. Saying, I mean, yeah. but I mean, like, I read a lot. I was like, well, this is a good week. I don't well, have, the, these are great books. I'm having fun. The thing about it is that a lot of them, I mean, because if you look at what, if you look at the anatomy of a pick of the week, it's, you know, at least for me, it's like either it's the beginning of something great or the end of something great or, or the middle or the middle of something, you know, no. No, no, or like something, or the fourth just, chapter, or something that was just so you know so kind of mind blowing or whatever it is. But with this, it was like a lot of either stuff was getting started, but e- but there was something I had a problem with, or a lot of stuff I read was like in the middle, like and yeah. not and not where anything was really like you know mind blowing, except for what was the pick of the week, which was the end of the first story arc of Shield by Jonathan Hickman and Dustin Weaver. And as Josh alluded to earlier, Jonathan Hickman is not paying me for these reviews. He bar- <laughs> he barely acknowledges me at the convention. So let's just Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Jonathan Hickman gets Ron. That's what we're learning. He gets him. This is the last issue of the first arc, and I don't know if it's if they're gonna if it's a mini like I don't know what the future of it is. Whether it's gonna be. I think there's a volume two planned. Yeah, I think there is a volume two. I hope there is because this this left me and what made it get the pick of the week was when I finished this issue. I was like, oh, I want more. That's the kind of spirit that I want to read that I want to get out of my comics. And you know, and, and admittedly, I know that a lot of people had a, and I talked about this in my review. A lot of people had a hard time. 
have had a hard time with the series because, you know, f- number one, it's called S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury and the gang are nowhere to be found. <laughs> um, you know. I won't read a book. It's called S.H.I.E.L.D., but there ain't no S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. So that's, well, a, that's a little disturbing. And then also it's one of those Pax Romana-esque big Hickman ideas. See, I, I read this as a, like an Elseworlds book. Really, because really. it doesn't it doesn't really fit into the Marvel Why universe. Not? Well, also the the cover is the acronym Shield, but inside it's written as a word. Yes, it exactly, doesn't really yeah. fit into the well now what, the history of Shield. It's, what's, it's what's just lying? What's what's interesting? It's just, it's just blatantly lying. It kind of is. What's, but what's interesting is when I interviewed Hickman at C two E two last year, he confirmed and he said that this was an idea that he had prior to coming to Marvel, and that he and I don't know how it came up at Marvel, whatever, but he brought it up, and they said. Yeah, do it, and you can work it into the Marvel Universe. And that's what I find really interesting because the, the premise of the idea is that there's this – I don't want to say underground, but there's this – you know, the, There's a secret organization. A secret organization that is protecting the world, and it, it's um, – you know, it's Since the, Imhotep's time. Yeah, since, yeah, since Imhotep. And uh, what they – they're called the High Council of the Shield, and there's a immortal city, and they're, these, they're the people who are protecting everything, and they're led by Isaac Newton – and um, the the crux of this story is a conflict between Isaac Newton and Leonardo da Vinci returns, and Isaac Newton and his and his side believe in fate that you know everything happens for a reason, and and man is following a, a path that is laid out to him by fate. Where da Vinci's da Vinci and his side believe that man is man is unlimited; they can achieve anything, they can do anything, and that there's no such thing as fate. They and control their own destiny. They yeah. control their own destiny, and that's the that's the essence of this conflict. And so, th- like, I could totally believe it if Hickman had developed this and published it through Image, and it was like a Pax Romana s story of this, you know, <laughs> of this sort of thing. Now, what I find fascinating though is now he brought it over to Marvel, and so, so if there's th- a movie, he's going to get hosed. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> in the foreword on the first page, you know, it even says, "Since Imhotep quelled the Brood invasion." So he had Imhotep fighting the Brood. There's uh, earlier in issues we see Galactus attack during the Renaissance, and and um, was it Newton or Galileo saved it? One of the uh, get the Galileo, Galileo. Yeah, Galileo saved the Earth from from Galactus. So like I now on one hand I'm a total sucker for those taking historical figures and putting them into comics as mythical beings because honestly let's be honest Leonardo da Vinci Isaac Newton Galileo their 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 legacy that was left behind us now to us they're while they were real they're as close to mythical characters as as they're going to get because it's so far gone and all we know of is what their accomplishments were and what history told us and that sort of thing and who knows if that's even accurate so i love the idea of morphing them into mythical you know kind of characters in the story but then to then fold it into the marvel universe and you say i can totally understand how you say you see this as an elseworlds tale i totally get it but the thing is, is that this isn't changing or affecting anything that's currently that we know of in the marvel universe you know from 1961 onward it's just filling in whatever weird gap there is of this underground world, and I could totally believe that this is happening underneath the Earth of the Marvel Universe, and I'll totally buy it. I'll totally sure. Buy it. Yeah. I mean, you can see that. I just yeah. for me, I, when I read it, it doesn't really sure. There's the, no connective tissue, so I just look the, at it as a fun story that takes place in a in a Marvel universe. Yeah. The closest connective tissue is the fact that Howard Stark and um, right, and that's the part really that throws yeah, me out. That, does, that doesn't seem Richards. to fit at all into yeah. the fact that Tony's father and Reed's father are secret agents in this whole thing in the middle. I mean, that's fun, but to me, that doesn't fit to, into the world we've known in the Marvel universe. So that's really the primary reason why I look at it as and and the thing is, with, but with, that doesn't change the fact that it's a really good story. With but. those characters' fathers, I think there's enough mystery and there's enough stuff unknown that I can I can go with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I can. 
sure. I, you know, like if they tell me that this is what it is, like it's not a retcon. It's like I know that you know we've we've seen Nathaniel Richards and time traveling and stuff like that before, and that could make sense in this concept. Same thing with Howard Stark, as we get an idea of what the legacy was before Tony and things like that. But again, you, if he was a secret agent for Shield. Uh, fine, I'll go with it. And then you have them fighting Nikola Tesla, and that's just fantastic. Um, for some reason, Tesla's always the go-to. I, you know, like he <laughs> nerds love Tesla. Yeah. So yeah, so this issue, uh, you know, wraps up the first volume, and you know, we don't get a real resolution to the to the big battle between Da Vinci and um, Newton's forces, but we see kind of a turning point as the you know we we've seen the young protagonist, the uh, Leonid or Le- Leonid or however, however pronounce that name, who's supposed to be the the next leader of the Immortal City, and he's struggling with what side to go on and basically the book ends with him meeting up with uh, a character that is known as where is it the forever man and but he reveals his name he's michelangelo which i when i turned that page and i turned that la- that the last page of the book that's when i was like oh i want more and that's really what it's all about but the one thing i wanted to highlight was that dustin weaver killed it in these six issues and I, you know, he's somebody who I wasn't aware of beforehand. But like, as I was writing the review and I was looking at it, what I realized, like that the two-page spread of the city, like the explosion in the city, he's really good at that. So much detail in his landscapes yeah. and his kind of settings and that sort of thing. But then on top of it, he's drawing really complicated stuff. Like Hickman's not throwing easy stuff to draw. There's a lot of technology and there's a lot of machines and things like that. Weird kind of looking characters, differing times, you know, the future, the 1955, the past, you know, this whole, you know, kind of renaissance kind of time period and whatever is going on in the in the Immortal City. Well, there's a reason why this book has only come out six times in the last... Well, it was bi-monthly. I, I think they stayed on schedule. It was bi-monthly. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. that's why. I mean, yeah, it's, it's exactly. really complex. a lot to draw. Yeah, it just looked really, really good. At the end of the day, at the last, last issue of the series, when this is collected in a trade, I think it's going to be something that's going to be a heady read, but it's something that's going to be really enjoyable for people. Um, yeah, I dug it. Well, this was really good. I, I want to read it all together. The schedule and the complexity of the story really made it hard to follow. Not follow, but really get into. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the issue format helped it. I think if this came out in a in a OGN kind of format, I think it would be way more um, uh, not way more enjoyable, but way more easier to absorb. Yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, this is definitely one I'm, I'm going to pull back the back issue the the back issues and read all six in like one sitting and see if like things that didn't make sense now make sense because admittedly there's some things that don't that I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, there's a lot. There's, al- there's that- always like there's always like a ten percent non-understanding factor with Hickman's uh, with his heady stuff, um, right. like with Pax Romana and and other books like that. Or it's like, ooh, that's crazy. But Shield was good and and it was great and it was you know something that some I didn't know what to expect going into it and at the end of the road I was very surprised and happy with what it eventually ended up being. A close runner-up though was Hulk number thirty. Ugh. <laughs> I did not like this very much. You didn't like it? Uh, no. I loved it. I loved it too. I, I I did I did like it a lot. Although I can understand Connor why you wouldn't like it. This kind of in between breather issue. It felt like the it was just the entire thing was making fun of Loeb's run. <laughs> I think really? it was. Yeah, that's that's really. I felt like this was just this was like. In fact, when I was reading, I was going, "Is is, is he going to get? I mean, Loeb's the VP of Marvel. Is he going to get in trouble because?" This whole thing seemed to be a takeoff of the entire first 24 issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I wasn't no, I really looking forward to that. I just felt that, that was weird. It's not what I, I wanted to read. I wasn't really looking forward to it. I, I know Ed McGinnis, big fan favorite, you know, and it was fun for before, but I was really digging the vibe that we've been getting with Parker and Hardman, and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to get off of this. But it was so wacky and out there that it was just a big issue full of fights, and then there was sort of the, the comedy of the two Hulks being fused together and have to learn how to fight together, and... And I had fun, and there was all those big Kirby monsters, and 
They yeah. won me over. I mean, I, I like McGinnis's art, so I, I enjoyed seeing it. And I liked, you know, again, like I said, it's like a breather issue. So I liked it being like a pause from what's been going on that, and yeah. th- that doesn't really fit in anything. So basically the premise is, is that, you know, Impossible Man shows up. He runs into the Red Hulk and he's there to commentate uh, on a fight between a previous villain of, of Hulk's. But because Hulk isn't there... They get all pissy, so Hulk shows up, and Impossible Man fuses them together, and so we've got the, what is it called on the cover? we got the Compound Hulk, where one half is green, one half is red, and they, they basically they merged, and they can, you know, they're talking to each other, and Red Hulk has control over his side of the body, Green Hulk has control over his side of the body, and of course they don't get along, and it was just, it was just fun. I just thought it was fun. It was just mar- yeah. stupid Marvel fun, you know? Yeah, and it, we don't actually see a ton of it. And this is the kind of thing that I would have used to not like, but I did like it. Yeah, that's why I'm kind of surprised that you liked it. <laughs> Zemnu the Titan is ridiculous. He has has no mouth. I mean, there were all those the there was the those Kirby monsters with the, yep. those weird sort of squarish rounded mouths and yep. and that Zemnu's. I, I you know the, the character's obviously shown up before, and I was like, I saw Impossible Man. I was like, eh. yep. a me of the past would have hated this, but I'm going to go with it now. And I did, and I had I had a lot of fun with it. There was just a lot of Hulk hitting things. Good for you. Yeah, I've grown. Look at you having fun. Totally fun. Who knew? Woo. <laughs> no, I tell you what, though. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't get into this Rick Jones stuff at the back. No, neither can I. I want Rick Jones to be back into normal. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. That's enough. I got uh, it. It was kind of clever, but I'll take Zemnu the Titan, though. That roll, I'll roll with that. So, Amazing Spider-Man 654.1. Connor, did you pick this up? Yeah, it was okay. It was another one of those just okay issues. It, it, I, I, I struggled with it, and I feel really bad. We talked to Dan Slott about it on, on Don't Miss, um, and I think that as a introduction to the new Venom, this they nailed it. Yeah, that was, as that was a good. book for people to jump on, they completely was, failed. Yeah, that's that was my thing. It was like yeah. I understand. Actually, even it was a little bit better than Wolverine, which was just basically a standalone tale. And if you jumped onto the Wolverine that came out this week, which we we're going to talk about, I think. No, but yeah, we so can. No, we can't need to. It, uh, <laughs> I was just looking at the script to see who was on the book. Um, as an introductory to the new Wolverine story, that was a failure. This good story, but failure as an introduction. This this was a good introduction, but uh, it was kind of like it didn't do anything for the Spider-Man story. Well, that, that yeah, this, that, was, that's, this was like Venom point one. That yeah, that's what that yeah, totally. That's what I suspected when, when I was talking to Dan about it, and I said, you know, is this going to be a good point for people to jump onto Spider-Man? And he goes, oh yeah, no, we'll have you know, we'll see Peter in it, and we'll see stuff. And there was like maybe like four panels where Peter was in it. And admittedly, I can understand and I sympathize for Slot in that it is a this the timing of this point one initiative, at least in Spider Man, was really bad. In that basically they just had this horrific thing happen in the last issue where Jameson's wife died, and yep. also the Human Torch died. Right. And really, all we want to know, like all I want, is the next couple of issues where they show Peter dealing with both of those things. Yeah, and we go to Venom, which yeah. Exactly. And, this and, was totally Venom Point One. Yeah, it was Venom Point One. Exactly, exactly. Which was fun. I, I, I thought it was interesting. There's certainly some parallels to be made with other characters in comics in this new Venom. But yeah. as a story, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I, I like the concept, whether it's original or not. It's, it's, at this point, I'm not thinking about But more the fact that now I really do want to read the Venom series because it was a lot of fun. Exactly. It, and, and I thought Ramos did a great job. I thought the, yeah. art, the art was great. I thought it was a fun issue. But yeah, it was a, it's Venom Point One. It was weird. That was actually, in old parlance, it's Venom Zero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much. Yeah. I can't keep up with this, but that goddamn it, it's a zero issue. <laughs> it is. It really is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, they basically tell you. I can't imagine what they're going to well, do in the first issue to introduce you to the character because we just had a whole issue introducing us to the concept of the character. Yeah. No. I wonder what that first issue is going to be like. Yeah. I, I, I've been. I've read. I've read the Iron Man point one issue, and that was 
I don't know. It was not what I would consider a great introduction to Iron Man overall. I think overall. these ones are ridiculous. Yeah. And 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 the Wolverine point one was was a great standalone story, but story. It, but it completely had nothing to do with the ongoing story, which is I guess what you were saying, Connor. Yeah, yeah no, in fact, it, it seemed to progress from the ongoing story. Like it seems like everything was normal. Where in the ongoing, everything is not. Yeah, no. Normal. If you picked yeah. up Wolverine five point one last week and then go to pick up Wolverine uh, six, it made it made no sense. Yeah. Yep. But it was also not five point one. It was just five. No, it was five point one. Yeah, I know, yeah. but there was no five. Yeah, there was. Was there? Yeah, yeah of course it was 5.1. Yeah. So was the last it was the last Spider-Man Spider-Man 654? Yes, that and this was 654.1. Correct. Yes. Oh, okay. That's the point of the point one. So it's yeah. the, no, I know. I just I no, no, whatever. But no, you're right. And it, like it's weird cuz like they put the point one on there but then eh. I guess you know, it was good. Wolverine you get you got one really good story, but other than that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man 654.1. Uh, I'm number 11 on the list now. Yeah, you are. You just totally dropped. <laughs> I can't win with you guys. I don't bother anymore. So Venom Point One was good, though. <laughs> uh, I think G.I. Joe Clover Two Thirteen ended up being my pick of the week just by flip of the coin. Like it was, it was really, really good. There was there was two comics that were, that were really good, and I couldn't decide. I just decided to go with G.I. Joe Clover Two because really it doesn't matter <laughs> since I didn't have to pick. It really doesn't matter what I chose. <laughs> you bastard! Yeah. It ended fairly definitively, didn't it? Yeah, well, what people might not know is this is the last issue of G.I. Joe Cobra. They're going to be relaunching it. I guess it's not the last issue since they're relaunching it. They'll be new number one, but... Are they going to call that G.I. Joe Cobra 3 number one? Because that's stupid. Yeah, they should just go back to lose the two. It's it's getting into book three, Men and X-Men territories. After G.I. Joe launched Mighty W too much fanfare, much more popular than they expected it to be, and they just turned a bunch of the minis into ongoings, the popularity, of course, has dwindled because that's how comics work. So they're relaunching Cobra, and I think they're relaunching the regular book... Origins is done after this last issue. G.I. Joe Cobra 2 is the end of the story. And if you take it, I think if you take it as one story, the story of Chuckles, mm-hmm. I think it was a great story. And, and ignore it, that it Serpentor stuff in the middle as part of the larger story. Not sure. that it was bad, but... It just was a departure. Yes, it, it didn't really fit in with all that stuff. And Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it kind of ended where it had to. It was very, it was kind of unpredictable. And I liked all the stuff with, is it Big Boa? Big Boa? Big Boa. <laughs> big boa and a, and a big old he wrestled gators explosion. didn't he in the cartoon no that was croc master oh croc master right, right, right. croc master see i'm getting all the books mixed up because i know that there was a croc master story i assume that was it yeah. that, no, that was, was an origin a joe guy named croc master yeah yes. he's a master of crocs how did i miss that did he wear would he wear crocs now that was late in the in, in the room yeah i bailed yeah. i bailed I'm, but it wasn't yeah. it wasn't so late that it was the really ridiculous stuff that we don't know about but it was close to Some there it was like there was Raptor. Remember, he was like he controlled hawks and shit. I don't even. I think he was Cobra. Big, oh, Big Boa was the guy without a shirt, and he had the giant helmet and the spikes. Boxing Martian gloves. Martian thing. Yeah, and the yeah, boxing, boxing gloves. gloves. I totally had that that toy. Oh yeah. man, of course you did. did Big Boa was the he was the Cobra version of Sergeant Slaughter. He was the fighting trainer. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't remember yeah. any of this. Not to be confused with Big Lob, who was well, the Big Lob, yeah, was the, basketball the, the basketball guy, right? Yeah. Big Lob. <laughs> To this day, I can't see uh, an ad for the, the HBO series Big Love without saying Big Love. I can't do it. And I think it's because of Big Lob, who never got a, who never got a figure as far as I understand. Did he? Um, Big Boa, Big Boa. Anyway, the point is. I, I like uh, that we're in the middle of recording and Connor takes the time to do a Google search for Big Boa and send me the image so I can see it. I, I remember. I was and post- it's the weirdest picture ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, the whole story of the Cobra, the that's Cypher so thing. That didn't thing. take long. That's the soonest we've ever gotten to G.I. Joe. Look at this. This photo that somebody took a Chuck. picture. They lined up all the Cobra soldiers, and there's one Cobra doing push-ups, and Big Boa's got his foot on the Cobra's back, and he's making them do push-ups. It's weird. I'll, I'll put that in the, in the post so people can see. Um, they can't see it. The story's been Chuckles infiltrating and Cobra and then rising in the ranks. He's been Cobra Commander's right-hand man. In the last issue, he killed Cobra Commander in a great two-page spread. In this issue, it all, it all goes to hell. Cobra's falling apart at this point because Chuckles has been engineering this, the downfall of Cobra. And at the very end, Chuckles takes – is it Zamot who's with him? I, I lost track. I think it's Zamot because he had the scar. So Zamot's the one with the scar. I know. Uh, he, he took – there was the one that went nuts. I think and it was, was gonna because it was a Scarface. Yeah, he took Zaymon onto the, onto the submarine ostensibly to escape the, the base, and then uh, instead of escaping, he just ignited the nuclear missiles in the submarine, and the whole thing blew up. So, so there we go. So, so he blew up the whole the base. The base is done, and who knows who died in the explosion because it was a big nuclear blast. So that's sort of the palate cleanser for GI Joe Cobra number two. I, I, I like, I like the body. When when does it when does the new series start? May. April is the event that they're doing in the G.I. Joe books where they're basically finding a new Cobra commander and then May is the new, new the relaunch of the books. They have, to, they have to clear out the zombies too, so that's a thing. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. a thing. We haven't, we haven't really seen how that goes down yet. I assume that's all canon. Alright. <laughs> Moving on. Superman Batman number 81. I don't normally buy this title, but I saw Cullen Bunn had written the issue and, and Chris Cross on art, so those were two very well, I like good... I Cross. Yeah, a lot of us have been enjoying The Sixth Gun lately, so I, I thought I'd give it a try. And it was like a... A fun Elseworlds, but in our world kind of story. It starts off with Shadow Pact and Blue Demons in there. I really like Blue Demon. I don't know why. It just shows up. I'm like, hey. Blue Demon or Blue Devil? No, oh, maybe it's Blue Devil. That might be it. I may be yeah, mixing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Blue him. Devil. Yeah. Um, so there's this big fight thing that goes on, and then they find out one of the this like knight character they who got killed is Superman. And so you go to this other dimension where another Batman is with uh, some vampire chick and and he comes back in and takes the superman body and the phantom stranger is involved and the real superman comes and see the alternate superman dead and there's just all this you know conflict and confusion and you don't know what's going on it's it's just a fun story it doesn't have you know it's one of those ones doesn't really have to do with anything that's going on and i'm totally fine with that the book is like that it's yeah it's basically it's great stories yeah and it was uh it was really well done and and it was a lot of fun and chris cross is a great artist but i i think that Bun actually just recently announced that he quit his day job, so I think you're going to be seeing a lot more work from him. That's good. Uh, going forward, that's a good. I hope. Definitely, that would make sense. Unless he's doing something else. he's starting as a roofing business. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, you know, like I've seen some stuff from him there, here and there, but this was this was actually really good. And I, I was impressed. It was like a, it was definitely a, you know a step of growth. So uh, it was fun and it was worth checking out. Like it's one of those if you don't want to get involved with the whole thing going on and all that stuff, but you feel like reading a Superman Batman story. Obviously, that's a good book for it. You know. Now, my my other choice for Piccadilly was Young Justice number one from the. I guess I'm still calling it the Johnny DC line. <laughs> Johnny DC. I don't know. It's hey, not, it's a horrible name. It's an all ages book. It's a tie into the cartoon, and I wasn't gonna buy it. I bought the zero one just to see, and then I remembered back in the '90s that the they had those great tie-ins to the Batman cartoon. Yeah, that guys like Mike Parabek drew like good talent on those books. Before the animated style became popular in the mainstream books, they had to work on those tie-in books, and so those were fun. So I figured I'd give this a shot. Mike Norton draws it, and Art Balthazar and Franco from Tiny Titans writes it. Really strong, really good. It's a, basically a story that seems to take place between episodes. That's clever. 
So it ends with this final scene from the first episode, and then it, and then it jumps. No, the second episode, then it jumps. You know, it takes the story in between. Basically, Superboy and Miss Martian moving into the mountain together, which is strange. They're living in the JLA mountain, you know, the uh, Happy Harbor mountain. And it's first of all, it seems strange they let, they let a, gu- a guy and a girl live together, but that's that's the whole, they're not going to deal with that, I'm sure, in Johnny DC. Um, <laughs> but the question I had reading this was: in this issue, they, they run you run into the Snapper Car and you run into the Joker, and those characters haven't appeared in the show. And I wonder if this is like something that the, the book gets to do with their own, or they're using the designs because the designs of the Joker is different than the, we see in the comics. Interesting. So I wonder if they're getting the designs from the cartoon and incorporating that, or they're doing their own thing. And it's gonna, it's not gonna match what's gonna happen later. I don't know, but it's just interesting. Some kind of, some kind of new thing. Well, they, they, we have, they've said that they've been working with the cartoon people, right? But then, then it's doubly interesting. They get to introduce these designs in the comic and not yeah. in the cartoon, which is also yeah, that's you know, interesting. Yeah. Really fun. If you like the cartoon, it's totally within the voice. Art Balthazar and Frank are really good writers. Norton's fantastic. Good stuff. It's all about Superboy and Miss Martian. This issue. Hey guys. Will you will you be going to C two E two? Actually, we will be. I, even I am. I know we haven't actually. We, I just that reminds me we haven't announced our cons, the upcoming cons. We'll do that later in the show. But yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Uh, did I blow it? Yeah. No. No. It's great. C two E two. I'm going to slip down the list. C two E two, the comic uh, Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo is coming to back to downtown Chicago, March 18th to 20th this year. They are in the West Building at McCormick Place in downtown Chicago, which we are assured is That's much more fan. One. Fan-friendly fan layout to the show. I'm not going to try to go. That's Tom Cater's joke, but it's a funny joke. The East uh, Building I should, is I you. full of broken crack files. And it's, it's oddly enough, it's full of uh, 80s-style DC thugs. A lot of <laughs> jean jackets with no sleeves. And headbands. Uh, a lot of gauntlets. Uh, <laughs> That's where the Warriors are. That's where they went. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Come out and play. Special guests include Brian Michael Bendis, Adam Hughes. He'll have a line. Ben Templesmith, Gene Ha. Cliff Chang and Mahmoud Asrar, who does the best sketches. Go get one. Not kidding. Paul Cornell, nicest, most British man on earth. Mike Norton, we just talked about his work. Scotty Young, Scott Snyder, tons more comic creators. C2E2 is going to be making announcements for more special guests every week leading up to the con. And, and we're getting in there about a month or so away. Um, so stay tuned. You'll hear more. They promise to have very big surprises for everybody, like Eliza Dushku and Rick Bayless, which. <laughs> are two people who have nothing to do with one another. But one was on a TV show and the other one was on Top Chef Masters. Was on a TV show. There you go. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, couldn't, I couldn't think of Eliza Dushku's show. And she was on Dollhouse. And actually, people who are fans of Rick Bayless can come see me moderate the Food and Comics panel on Friday at, at C2E2. Really? Along, along with uh, Rick, Rick Bayless and C.V. <laughs> Zawalski. It's becoming very self-congratulatory. I, I mean, that's, that's pretty... <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> I, you said the thing to me, and I was like, CB and Rick Bayless at a comic convention. And then there's Ron in the middle who's going to act like everything's totally normal. But it ain't funny. I know your, I know your game. No, but here's the, th- here's the thing. You want to know my game? There's going to be food at the panel. I want that food. Yep. So, <laughs> yep, so it's I know. It's I know of him. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm very jealous. Don't get me wrong. Well, you're going to be there, so you can have some food. Oh my god! Tickets are available at C2E2.com if you buy before March 14th, which is right before the show. Uh, You can get the whole weekend for just 50 bucks. Good deal. C2E2 is in downtown Chicago to C2E2.com for more very much looking forward to the, the first what will be the first show of the year for me. Yeah. Don't don't assume we'll be there because there are seats in our booth. And once you sit in them, <laughs> yeah, but there are also going to be seats at the panel plus food. Yes, so, so seats plus food beats seats with no food. There you go. Once so, you sit. So, sitting is good. Anyway, so diving back in, uh, Hawkeye blind spot number one. Uh, yes, coming out of the coming out of the uh, Widowmaker miniseries. Jim McCann's back writing a just a Hawkeye series. No more Mockingbird. He got rid of the girl. 
Girls yes, are silly it, anyway. Yes, what are, are girls doing in comic books? Yep. So Josh, was, as, the Hawk, as the Hawkeye fan, was this was this good for you? Yeah, I, re- I really actually really enjoyed it. it. Was I felt like uh, Clint's behavior was a little more edgy, a little more sort of the old school stuff that we're kind of used to instead of I love you, Mockingbird. Yeah. I love you so much. Why don't you love it back? No, but uh, I had fun, and it was it was like a nice uh, sort of a little bit of a retelling of the origin, which I think a lot of people don't know or haven't read, which is good because a lot of the stories so far have 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 weighed on sort of the past. So without knowing that, what do you think a, of the challenge now? I'm trying to tell remember people, what it is. Tell people the twist of the story. The twist of the story that Hawkeye's going blind. Oh right, right, of which, course. Which is leading that leads into the Mark Miller old man Logan Hawkeye. Oh my God! That means he's actually going to go blind. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, he was deaf at one point, was and they kind of wow. dropped. Yeah, wow. yeah, he was. So when we do a Hawkeye story, we just give him a new disability. <laughs> oh, no. Like, I'm gonna, I've read this somewhere before. Yeah. This is the Helen Keller story. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, no, I, thought I, it, I, I thought it was an interesting challenge. I mean, so basically, he, you know, because he got hit in the head in Widowmaker, they, they, they were doing some tests, and they realized that, he's, that he's, his uh, vision is, is suffering. And, uh, Sipital blindness. Yeah, and so Tony Stark does up some fancy tech for him so that he can get his marksmanship back to what it was. Which I thought and what was really that, clever. I thought it was really smart. It was. Yeah. And what it really let them do was sort of get at, get at that Tony and Clint relationship, which has yeah. been around since, you know, the very, like, like, you know, the first Hawkeye story was an Iron Man book. So yeah. that was there. And so that was kind of interesting and fun. And they're sort of. Does the uh, Hawkeye and the Ultimates wear sunglasses like that? Uh, I don't know. Yes, he does. Yeah. Actually, I noticed that they were trying to sort of ultimatizing Hawkeye. Yeah, that's a very good point. He does. Well, he's got to look like it in the movie. He must have which those glasses. In the yes. movie, he probably yeah. wears sunglasses, which yep. means. Well, there you go. Well, th- we're skipping over the most important aspect of this issue, though. The triumphant return of Grey Gargoyle in the beginning. Oh, yeah, I, th- I knew you'd like that. Yeah, yes. it was good to yeah. see Grey Gargoyle back. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Wolverine apparently, and Ju- apparently his mustache, by the way. Pencil thin. <laughs> Wolverine and Jubilee number two. I raved about the first issue. Uh, Ka- uh, Catherine Eminen and Phil Noto doing uh, on art. Catherine Eminen writing it. What I loved about the first issue was that it was lighthearted. It really captured the characters. There was some humor, but there's also some seriousness in that they're dealing with Jubilee and that she's a vampire. Unfortunately, this issue was still good, but it lacked that lightheartedness that I really want, that I liked out of the first issue, primarily because the location changed where Wolverine decides to take Jubilee to Siberia, where there's less sunlight. So she can function as because she's a vampire a little more. It can't all be light and fun if you're a vampire. It exactly. just it can't be. But that said, Catherine Eminem still captures these characters really, really well, and she could write X Men any day, as far as I'm concerned. It, this is, and Phil Noto's art was great. It just didn't it didn't pack the same. Oh my god, this is fantastic! Like the first issue did. How do, how does how does Wolverine keep his schedule straight? There does was that joke. Just... Oh no! And, okay, so we're gonna skip to Uncanny X X Force number five. There's actually a jo- uh, Remender ma- makes a joke about that. Yeah, because this is so. This is coming out of the the last story arc that just finished last issue, which ended with Phantom X shooting the kid that was going to be Apocalypse in the head, and Deadpool calls an emergency meeting of of X Force to talk about it because he can't sleep, he's having nightmares, and he doesn't feel right about it. And <laughs> and <laughs> Wolverine actually says, he goes, "What's so damn important that you called me to meet during my Avengers time?" <laughs> he goes, "I'm being pulled in too many directions for casual sit downs." <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to do a lot of meetings with Captain America for a while yeah, about sure. that those files. So that it was, was all paperwork. But um, yeah, but yeah. He's so, like, what so, do you think of this woman? She's kind of loose, right, Steve? I can't, I can't get involved with this. <laughs> so th- this issue kind of kicks off the the next story arc, which picks up the Deathlock story arc from Jason Aaron's Wolverine, which I think is really cool. 
basically Phantom X has been protecting the world, which is that little dimension where he was trained in or whatever. And all these Deathlocks came from the future to get it from him. Um, so we get, and they're uh, Captain America Deathlock, Spider Man Deathlock, Hawkeye Deathlock, Cyclops Deathlock, Electra. Um, so it's pretty cool. The one thing is that as I'm reading it, I was like, wow, Pena's art seems to be like missing a bead or kind of off. And then I realized it was Isad Ribic. Yeah, so that's, no, I knew that. Yeah, that's that's different. Yeah, exactly. So and this was another issue, kind of like Hulk, where I was like, yeah, yeah. It's right. Well, it's the first. It's the first one to this art. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I think I think not having opinion really hurt it a lot, and for yeah. some reason, just whatever. I don't mind Phantom X when he's a minor part of the story, but when, when it focuses main. on him, I'm just like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I still enjoyed it, but for me, it was it was less like you know the the four before this were fantastic. This yeah. one was just kind of okay, so it was a big drop from fantastic. Yeah, which I can hear that. I hear that. Justice League of America number fifty four. Am I the only Connor? Are you reading this or no? Did you? Bet? No, I haven't read it in a while. You're literally the only person reading this. Really interesting though, because now Brett Booth is now the artist on it. He replaced Bagley, so coming out of Starman and Congorilla uh, number one, Brett Booth is is sticking with James Robinson on it. Um, and this issue mainly focused on Eclipso and like Eclipso coming back. And I don't, I'm not up on my DC continuity. I don't really know much about Eclipso other than he looks like a purple green goblin. But um, he's in this issue. He's going through and he's recruiting uh, people with uh, shadow powers. And his first recruit was the Shade. That's cool. You get a lot of Shade, but he's tainted Shade. He's not typical Shade because like he's Eclip- Eclipso has you know done his thing on him, and his face is like kind of blue now because he's under Eclipso's powers. But hey, anytime I get the Shade written by James Robinson, I'll take it. That's gonna that's gonna that's gonna piss the Shade off. Yeah, exactly. He's not gonna be happy about that. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Fables number 102 is the introduction of the Super Team storyline, one of five. There's been teasers for a long time that now Fables of all books is going to have superheroes. And uh, it's it's sort of half stunt and half ironic jest, I guess, okay. at the same time. But they decide they need to go after the whatever the big villain is. And there was a storyline a long time ago where like Pinocchio and some of the guys were comic book fans. So they would read them. And so Pinocchio decides that he's like, I know, I know what we need to do. So they're gonna, he's going to put together like a superhero team. But, and he's, uh, he's wheeling himself around in a wheelchair the whole time with a big F on the wheel. Uh, people are like, why are you in a wheelchair? He's like, no, no, I have to be here if I'm going to run the place. And he has a, he has a pipe. It's a Professor X joke. It's kind of funny. I, I, just, I was surprised to find there wasn't more talk about this. I mean... Yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, it, to sell it as an event was probably disingenuous. It's sort of a story point. The thing is, that's sort of the the funny, lighthearted part of the of the issue. The other side of it, there's actually a few sort of heavy things that are going on in it that are really good. There's sort of a, it's sort of just a page where you see the sort of imminent threat that they're under, and it was really well done. Actually, visually, I was really impressed by it, and and so the big bad in this is is definitely making an impact, and I actually really liked that part of it a lot. Super Team stuff is fun. It's whatever. Okay. All right. There. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Blood, number one. I had that on here, too. Garth Ennis doing stuff for Dynamite because Dynamite lets Garth Ennis do what he wants to do, I assume. Almost. Jennifer Blood, uh, number one, is the sort of story about it's like a housewife by day and a, a vigilante by night. It's the, it's the psychotic extension of Twilight Guardian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, it's a or like suburban housewife. I have not suburban. Kick, it takes place in Brooklyn, but uh, kick-ass housewife edition. Yeah, sort of uh, extreme makeover. Kick-ass. I don't know, but it it, it was like. Do you ever read a Nick Hornby book? There was a, there was one that he did that was like all of his books are about dudes, and then he wrote a book about a wife uh, about a woman, and it was like pretty good, but it was a little bit off because he just was sort of making his dudes which, act which like book? that. How to be good? Okay, yeah. Which was pretty good, but at the end you were like, oh, it wasn't as good as the other thing. Yeah. And this was good. Like, he got a character down. He definitely established the voice, and he did that thing. He does, a, he does it in Battlefields a lot where he writes, like, journal entries, basically. 
And that's how you sort of get to know them through an inner monologue. And it was a little over the top and it was a little silly. Like it wasn't great, but it was enough Garth Ennis that I was still enjoying it and I was attracted to it, I guess. But one of the sort of downfalls of him working at Battlefield is he doesn't necessarily get the same kind of artist that he would uh, working at someplace like Vertigo. Dynamite, I mean. Yeah, what did I say? Battlefields. Battlefields. Anyway. Yeah, that's actually not the name of the publisher at all. Oh. Di- Dynamite. Okay. <laughs> well, he's, I mean, if he, yeah. he has a little, not an essay, but there's, there's a thing in the back that is a story about the book, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, he says, after Battlefields and after The Boys and after Crossed and after all those books that have been really sort of violent and dark, you want to do something kind of in the vein of Hitman. Mm-hmm. And sort of fun and violent and funny. And, and uh, so this is what Jennifer Blood is. I, 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 I liked it a lot in terms of in that. It was, it was yeah. totally that. That f- funny, violent side of Garth Ennis that we don't really get. Uh, yeah, I did enjoy or that it. that I don't get from reading his other books. It felt like I hadn't read this kind of story from him in a while. And, uh, and, and that was good. Like, I, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, but I was left a, it was left a little, just a little bit flat. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's, give him time. He'll, he'll make See, it I better. really liked the character. I thought one of his strengths, you know, we always say it's his character work. And I really liked the main character. I thought we, we got a really good handle on her in the issue. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I really liked it. And the infestation continues. Oh, right. Transformers Infestation number two, I didn't want to let this go by without mentioning, although there wasn't a lot to mention. I think of all the Infestation stories, we've only had two, we haven't really had G.I. Joe or Ghostbusters yet, is, is that Transformers is probably the least interesting because... Because they're robots? Because they're giant robots. <laughs> yeah, they, they were trying to make it into a thing that made it work for robots, but it didn't. Yeah, it didn't so... Work. Cup sacrificed uh, himself. It was very Cup sad. Cup sacrificed himself. He transports all the robots to another time, and it was... It just doesn't. It's not the same as when it's people, because you know there's no there's no danger of these robots becoming zombies. <laughs> and if they do, you know. Eh. Uh, Star, so Star, Star Trek still going on? Star Trek, yeah, no. The, well, the, only just, the one issue came out, and it, yeah. I I have read it since then, and it was fantastic. Yeah, I need to chase that down. A lot of red shirts get zombified. Awesome. All of them, I think. <laughs> cool. All of them, yeah. Yeah. I'm beginning to fear that there won't be a giant crossover and I'll be really pissed and I might just swear off all IDW books. <laughs> wow. <in> just, wow. <laughs> wow. Awesome. I Fair will start enough. actively bashing IDW. <laughs> well then, um, so go to ifanboy.com. Slash we'll burn this place down. Go to ifanboy.com slash comics to see all the books that came out this week and a bunch of you read the other books that came out and reviewed them on ifanboy.com so I want to highlight them and Josh, uh, this one's for you. I didn't have nothing to do with this being here, by the way. Neb said of Hellblazer two number, number 276 after the last one was the pick of the week. Story was 3 out of 5 and the art of 4 out of 5. The pick of the week percentage was 1. 1% of you. After a sensational issue that saw Magicdom's most eligible bachelor finally get married, I'm a bit disappointed by this one-shot follow-up. We find our intrepid bastard returning from his honeymoon only to find that he's being kicked out of his flat. What follows is a story filled with ancient black magic and John being a royal prig to the guy kicking him out. The problem I have is twofold. First is that I didn't quite catch the connection that the ancient black magic subplot had with the current story. Was the character from the story in the past the same one in the present? If not, then how do they connect? The second problem stems from the fact that while John is an insufferable asshole, I found his method of dealing with the situation a bit overzealous. Agree or disagree? I sort of agree. I liked it more than he did, but he brings up a big po- a good point, although I think that it's not unfitting with the character. Basically what happens is this developer who's an asshole buys up everything in Brixton, including the flat where John lives rent-free because he did a favor for the guy before. Now, he just got married, and she's like, we should live somewhere. My dad can pay for it. He's like, no, we're not going to do that. So he goes in, and he puts a sort of curse on the developer guy who then works himself to death, and then oh, the problem goes away. So Nothing it's wrong kind with of, that. That's, wow, that's, yeah, that's, like, that's, that's using your assets to your advantage. Yeah. It's kind of awful, but and if you think of Constantine as sort of a hero kind of character, you'd think, oh, he shouldn't do that, but he's not. He's not, he's not a good guy. Well, I would do that if I could do that. 
Exactly. His other point about the druid connection is is a bit odd, but I think it's just that the John is actually con- the connection to the druid magic, not the guy. Although I could see why you would make that connection, so that that was a little a little off. Uh, all the art, this one, all, yes, all the art. It's been million for a while. All the I art know, in this I just one. Didn't know Simon, if it was a fill-in or something. So. All Simon Bisley art Ooh. also. Oh, Bisley. Nice. Actually, I like Kevin Coley better, but. All right. um, AMC Doll 83 reviewed Green Lantern number 62 and gave the story uh, – really, 62 issues? My god. Yeah. Uh, gave the story a 4 out of 5 and the art a 5 out of 5. And at the time of this review, 1.9% of you made it your pick of the week. And uh, AMC Doll 83's entire review is as follows. A solid finish to the first post-Blackest Night story arc. At times, the story seemed a bit unfocused, but it got its bearings back in the end. The art was spectacular all the way through. Also did a good job of starting off the initial setup for War of the Green Lanterns. Uh, I didn't realize this was the last issue of the arc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're still reading it? Yeah, I'm still reading it. You dropped it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Josh I just didn't care anymore. I dropped it a while ago. Wow. Same thing. After after what was Blackest Night, I just yeah. I did, didn't have whatever it was I was looking for. Wow. It was like before. It, once it once it wasn't involved in that whole big thing, like it it lost its energy. It wasn't good before that either. No, I disagree. I just think that the it's almost the opposite. It was it was continuing on the Blackest Night yeah. stuff, which I wanted just to be over and done I, with. I'm sorry. I mean before Sinestro Core. No, well, I also disagree with that. Back before yeah. that, it was really good. Before but you, that too. you dropped it back then. I never. I've never dropped. This is the first time I dropped Green Lantern. We, talk, we talked. We talked about it back the house the book ever. We talked about it before. Before the Sinestro Corps War started, when it was in the teens, I remember on the podcast like five years ago when it was like the, with the with the cowgirl shit and with the yeah. stuff in Russia. Like and we're just like oh this is not like wow it started off so good and now it's not good and then it got really good really quickly and we kind of forgot about that. No, I I always thought it was good. If you go back and listen, you guys didn't like it, but I've never not liked the Hal Jordan book. I just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, I've never in my life when I've of collecting weekly, I've never not re- bought a Hal Jordan book. This is yeah. the first time. Well, you must really not like it then. No, I just was bored. It's I was exhausting. It, was, it is exhausting. I it was yeah. the, it was the same characters, the same Red Lanterns and Green Lanterns and Blue. I just that was a great story, and now I wanted to move on to something else. Like like. Yeah. I get that. Our, yeah, I our writer, Mike Rumble, put it really great in his column once. He said, I just want him to be a space cop. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. I just wanted Hal Jordan space cop adventures. I didn't want this, to continue. This but. had a whole lot of angst between the Justice League and the other Colored Lanterns to Hal. Like, who, you know, let us help you. Who are you going to side with? And he sided with the Colored Lanterns. And, you know, and, and it was just like, oh, it was, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sticking with it because apparently the War of the Green Lanterns is supposed to be pretty good. But we'll find out. <laughs> All right, so go to ifanboy.com slash comics, and there you can see all the other reviews, uh, and you can do your picks, and you can do your rate, you can rate your comics and write your own reviews, and it's a fun time there. And we want to give a shout-out, and we want to thank our good friends at Graphically. As you know, iFanboy is part of the digital comics site, Graphically. We're part of the, one big happy family. And you might know that you know we always mention it on iFanboy.com. We're talking about digital comics that were owned by Graphically. But did you know that Graphically now has over 2,000 comics for you to download and read? They've got publishers like Marvel, Archaea, Boom, Top Cow, Archie, and more publishers are being added every day. They've got applications for your iPhone, your iPad, your desktop, either on the web or through the desktop app. And for you Android folks like me, there's an app coming very, very soon, so stay tuned. There are a lot of cool things coming from Graphically this year. We want to make sure that everybody who listens to the iFanboy podcast doesn't miss out. Um, so you definitely want to stay tuned. And go to Graphically.com. You can get all the information there and links to download the apps. And uh, yeah, and, and you know we've been a part of Graphically for the past year. And you know we kind of realized that you know, hey, we should give them some love here on the podcast. So uh, definitely go check out Graphically if you haven't yet. Excellent emails now. First up is from James in DC. So I watched LA Confidential tonight for the first time in several years. Awesome movie, one of my favorites. That's him, not me. Uh, while watching it, occurred to me that Ed Exley, Guy Pierce's character, and Bud White, Russell Crowe's character, 
are totally a 1940s LAPD version of the X-Men's Cyclops and Wolverine. <laughs> Exley and Cyclops are both very square by the book people, trying their best to be seen as leaders, strategic thinkers, and the occasional displays of legitimate badassery. Both have problems related to eyewear. White and Wolverine... <laughs> White and Wolverine are both emotional, prone to giving in to their rage, falling for the wrong women, willing to cross lines in the name of justice, not squeamish about killing. And despite not seeing eye to eye or getting along well, they ultimately develop a grudging respect for each other and kill James Cromwell. Wait, no. Uh, (laughs) Why is this not what the X-Men noir was? And who would be the Jack Vincennes character of the X-Men? I look forward to Ron being the only person who cares about this email. Well, Whoa. You wrong. Whoa there, James and DC. You were very wrong, my friend. In fact, I bet that Connor and I are a lot more familiar with the movie. I was just going to say, I was just, my, my reaction on reading this is like, I don't remember the, I saw LA Confidential years ago and, <laughs> to, and it was good. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed it and I knew who Guy Pierce and I knew Russell Crowe. I don't remember who Jack Vincennes was. Who is that? Is that Kevin Spacey. Oh, that's Kevin Spacey. Okay, he was the, the, Kevin Spacey was the he was the he was the good cop turned lazy cop who became the act, television consultant, and then yeah. he found his good copness right at the end before he died. Right. So that who, I can't answer in in X Men terms. Hmm. So he but, was a once great X Men who's kind of become a dandy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it one of those? <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say Iceman. <laughs> yeah, Iceman. Iceman. All right, he'll be Iceman. Yeah, Iceman. There you go. We'll just, we'll just go with that. Um, <laughs> great movie. Isn't it? It is. It is. It's a great in the middle it of it, I was movie. like. It's a great movie. I really did enjoy it. It's really, really good. In the middle of this, I was like, Elliot Stabler's like Wolverine 2 then. <laughs> <laughs> that would make Mariska Hargitay Cyclops. All, Wolverine is a very popular archetype. Yeah. yeah. No, he totally is. He gets angry and punches something. <laughs> well, he's. <laughs> But with he's claws. Gonna, a, I like saying Edmund Exley, by the way. Big fan of saying that. Yeah. I, I think, that, yeah, it's a great name. I, and I do agree with him that X-Men Noir should have been that. That's genius. Kudos to James for f- figuring that out. A great movie. Yeah. R3V writes and says, I've recently become interested in reading about Catwoman, but don't know much about DC. Are there any good Catwoman tales, resist the pun, that can be read in trade paperback form, either starring her or featuring her alongside someone like the goddamn Batman? Yeah, isn't that the the great yeah. uh, the the great Darwin Cook at Brubaker run, right? Yeah. Well, it was before that Brubaker run, Darwin Cook only drew a couple of the issues in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, he, he quickly the, left the book, but he did the character Brubaker. design. Yes, yeah. and they Basically, were good artists the whole after Brubaker that. runs in the trade form. You, that's a fantastic series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything beyond that, or well, that runs into the eighties. It's a, it was a long run. It ran for years. Well, yeah, no, uh, but Brubaker didn't do all 80 issues. I mean, Will Pfeiffer no, no, no. finished it up, didn't he? Or, yeah. No, yeah, no there was a bunch of people on there. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It was, there must have been another series, but I don't know if it well, was. Well, there was a Catwoman series in the 90s that Jim Ballant drew yep. where she had giant boobs. Didn't Darwin do his own Catwoman? Well, there was the um, that, that Darwin trade that came out, which featured the Catwoman story that Tim Sale drew. Selena's Big Score. That's what it was. Yes. Yep, yep. Also a good Catwoman story. Selena's Big Score by Darwin Cook and Tim Sale. Um, that Brubaker run is all in trade. Get That's a fantastic. I need to get those trades so that I can find some reason to highlight that on the show. Okay. Ba- Batman Year One is a great Catwoman story as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I no, like her in that a lot. Right. Last, we, last month's Amazing Sp- No, that was Spider-Man. Ultimate <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> You're thinking of the Black Cat. Black Cat Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, there you go. All right. Sorry. If you have any questions, email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Uh, we're going to dive into the voicemails with this first very accusatory one. Hey, guys. This is Robert from uh, San Francisco, and I'm calling Ron in particular 
Ron, in the last two weeks, two kids have been shot in the head in X-Men comic books. I want you to defend that. Thanks. Okay, Ron, you explain that. What I find fascinating is why do I have to defend it? I didn't write it. I didn't like. I, like I like the comics. I like the characters. I don't work for Marvel. I don't. I, I Are you no, sure? I have. Trust me. Despite my numerous emails to Mr. Kieran Gillen, none of my <laughs> ideas are getting into the pages of X Men. So. <laughs> They've made it very clear that I'm not actually helping to create the book, so I can't defend it. Maybe you should call Marvel and ask them. Um, I'm sure they'll take that call. <laughs> Mr. Lowe, we have a concerned parent on line one. I, I heard that, and I thought, and I was like, well, "What did I do? I didn't do anything." <laughs> did you try to? Did you try to defend it in your head for a little bit? And no. Like, wait, wait, wait. Well, honestly, this isn't my problem. I couldn't. If I feel bad, I couldn't remember the issues when they got shot. In the- <laughs> <laughs> they probably had it coming. Yeah, probably did. All right. They were probably talking in the movie theater. I'd shoot a kid in the head for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> under our next email from the land down under. This is not your living room. G'day, fellas. This is just uh, Sam from Canberra, Australia here. I finished the uh, Doctor Strange one-shot, and I found myself wanting a series out of it. Uh, I know that that character comes What character do you like that perhaps, you know, couldn't stay? I mean, with Marvel's changeover to more miniseries-based, like, storylines, could a Doctor Strange year one find its place there? All right, see you, bye yeah, it's never gonna happen. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. And, it, and 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 if it ever was, that time has passed. Yeah, the the, the doctor. Well, that time was the seventies. The time yes. exactly. The do- yeah. yeah, the doc- Doctor Strange ongoing went out with drug culture. Um, yeah, drug culture didn't go out. It's just uh, it was, it's it was it's evolved. I mean, it's not like Doctor Strange that raves in the late eighties, early nineties. I mean, there was, was a great mini by Brian K. Vaughn with Marcus Martin a few years ago. Well, no, the, and the, the, the thing the, the, he's referring to the thing that just came out, which was yeah. awesome, which was like one of those like from the vault kind of stories, which looked, yeah. really, I didn't pick it up, but it looked it's really like Roger good. Stern or something. Yeah, it was yeah, Roger yeah. Stern, yeah. And, it looked, and all the Doctor Strange fans were raving about it. And hey, there was that Spider Man Doctor Strange Marvel Knights book that, what's his face? <laughs> the thing about the Doctor Strange fans is they can get together in a room yeah, exactly. and rave about it together. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was a Brendan McCarthy, I think it was, that Doctor Strange Spider Man Marvel Knights thing that was amazing. That was totally what a Doctor Strange book should be. He's a, he's a great character. I love yeah. Dr. Doctor Strange, but he at this point is a great supporting character. Yep, and that ma- the market is not going to go for that. Yep. So un- until he gets a movie, then you'll get your thirty issues. Yep. What other great yes. supporting characters that we like that we could that we would like to see the series, but would never happen? Well, Hawkeye for Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, even though the, I mean, his series is over now. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. never gonna. Yep. It's never gonna go. But he's getting a mini, which is Doctor Strange wouldn't get him any at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He's in a movie. He's gotten. So he's that's gotten really there's been, but I know, but there was, I mean, like I said, there was the Brian K. Vaughn one a couple of years ago. There was just the Mark Wade one. You know, he shows up every once in a while. You get some minis here and there. Yeah. Although you see less of them, I think, going forward for the near term. I see Silver Surfer's got a mini that's so, just Yeah, of- it was just funny because wasn't I just talking about how Silver Surfer and his sustainability of an ongoing? We were yeah. talking about that last time we shot, remember? That's true. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, another one is Nova. Look at yeah. Nova. Nova, yeah. I mean, he well, made Nova a hell of a run at it. Nova was a supporting character, though. Nova was just a character. A B. No, I guess we need to make a distinction between a supporting B. character and a B or C lister. But what a B list and C list character is in a group setting is a supporting character. They turn character. into a supporting character. Luke, yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, Luke Cage, he can be leader of the Avengers. He can be leader of the Thunderbolts. But when his right. mini came out, no one bought it. Yep, exactly. And it was drawn, you know, it was drawn by Eric Kennedy. It was written by John Arcudi. These are highly talented people, but yeah. it's not Bendis. B 
being drawn by Diodato, and they don't buy it. If you have a question, you can call us at 188-FANBOYS. It's 188-326-2697. And make sure not to miss our Don't Miss... i got to think of a better way to say that. Don't Miss podcast this week we're talking to. You'd be remiss if you miss. <laughs> don't miss. <laughs> I've missed Don't Miss. Uh, Nick Spencer is going to be talking about Iron Man 2.0. He took uh, time off from his... I think he does 23 and a half hours a day of writing. <laughs> uh, so he took, he took a little bit of time off, and he skipped sleep for us. It's like uh, Kramer, about, I should have uh, Iron the, Man is, 2.0, number one, which is just a war machine book, but they can't call it that. Again, that's why he's getting a book. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, Nick Spencer, uh, one of the things that I talked to him about and, and, and that we'll see going forward is that like no book that he does is like another one. So you know, it's definitely worth a try. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the angle that he's going to be taking with this. So check that out on Monday at ifanboy.com. If you haven't subscribed to it, go to iTunes and subscribe to it today so you don't miss an episode. And we also did a, we did a Talksplode this past week. Uh, this past Thursday came out. If it, You should have picked it up in your feed if you haven't yet. Go back and download it or go to ifanboy.com to listen to it. We talked to Mr. Rick Remender about the controversy around the video game he wrote, Bulletstorm is some fascinating, fascinating stuff uh, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but then we also heard a lot about the upcoming Venom series that we talked about earlier in the show, as well as um, what's going on with Uncanny X-Force as he's wrapping up his time on Punisher. We get a little Fear Agent update, and it's the usual Rick Remender uh, happy fun did hour. It, did it get weird? It, got, it, weird, just it too- got weird less than two minutes in. No, I, wow. haven't, I haven't listened yet, but was there any talk of locking you in the basement again? No, 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 no. Actually, he kept it, he kept it pretty clean, no, but he's right out of the gate, two minutes in, Got it out of a system, and then it just it just kept it straight from there. Oh. People need to know that if you if you if you interview recommender, it's going to be weird at one point. <laughs> well, here's what I'm hearing though: no point in listening. No, because no, I, I wanted it. I wanted it to get kind of weird. No, not at all. It's worth listening. It's it's a lot of fun. So go download that uh, if you missed it. And you can check out ifanboy.com. You can read Ron's pick of the week review on Shield number six. And you can check out all of our great writers. There's people writing every day. We get tons of content. We're really churning it out. I'm feeling really happy about our content lately. It's been really good. Yep. So check it out at ifanboy.com. All the important news, discussion topics, movie trailers. We had a ton of movie trailers in the last week. Yeah, we're becoming a movie site, to be honest with you. Tom, Tom's kind of making fun of us. I know, a lot. Movie stills. <laughs> Another, we're going to talk about movie stills. We have movie stills. What? People can click on the other Game. articles. We'll do more of those. All Game of our stills. writers are great. Check out Word Balloon from John Sundress. That's on there, too. Everything is happening at ifanboy.com. ifanboy.com slash about is our social networking page. You can find all of our links. Be our friends. And every week we do a video show in addition to this audio show. We would talk about comics. Last week was the DC Part 2 where we went inside DC Comics and talked to the editors. We talked to Karen Berger from Vertigo. We talked to Mike Martz from The Batman Editor. We talked to new editor-in-chief Bob Harris. It was a fun time at DC Comics. And next week we're talking about our favorite comic book relationships, which would have been oh. perfectly themed for this week. Yeah, but but you know. <laughs> it didn't happen that way. <laughs> What can you do? Sometimes so, you, you got to juggle. That's all. Some sometimes you get a chance to talk to Karen Berger and the dude from Mad, and you take it. Listen, listen. Relationships are about compromise. <laughs> you tell me that every time, but I don't see any compromise coming from you. Listen, <laughs> just we're just three dudes. Just three dudes doing a doing a podcast. No big deal. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. I think I think we're gonna change the just three dudes at ifanboy.com. Or leave a voicemail at eight 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 fanboys, which is three two six two six nine seven with any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics. Uh, you can blame Ron for stuff. I, hey Ron, Ron, that bulletstorm game, you you know that guy, right? Explain that. <laughs> Explain it to me. Defend it. <laughs> Defend it. Ifanboy catering to the medium nerd.
<laughs> if you have any medium nerds in your life, you can uh, tell them about the show, write a review on iTunes, let them know, get the word out. We really appreciate it when uh, everybody spreads the word, and we want to thank everybody who's done that. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people wrote in spreading the word about iFanboy in the past week. We really want to thank everybody for doing that um, and embrace your medium nerd. Because we you have a, if you have a, if you have a national column and want to talk about it, that's fine. If you're a Kardashian <laughs> and, and just want to. Oh. So, so before we wrap up, so cons. So here's the deal. Get out your pen and paper. How did the Kardashians trigger that? I have no idea. I don't um, know. I, I, I was struggling for a minute. I got lost. I was like, what happened? Over the next <laughs> month and a half, we are going to be at Emerald City Con, <laughs> C2E2, Ooh. and WonderCon. Banner. So if you are going to be at any three of those shows, you will get a chance to see iFanboy. So make sure you uh, go to those shows. Or on the subway, as happened to me two days ago. Yeah, or or at, at dinner the other night in Oakland. That happened to me. <laughs> I, was, so, I was talking to somebody who's an artist. He's like, no, it's nice. Someone will come to me and go, yeah, I'll be walking into a bathroom and someone will yell across the room, I'm a boy. And I'm thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm a boy. Yep. Or what's even best is that you'll be at dinner with someone and then see someone on Twitter saying that they spotted you and you'll show that person at dinner and they don't understand why because they don't know what you do. And then you have to explain it. <laughs> That's never and it's fun. Hard. And, they're, yeah. and they're waving at you. Hey. Yeah. You Wait a minute. People know who you are? Uh, anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, come to those cons. It'll be great to see it. And uh, people attending uh, C2E2 uh, should be should be some cool stuff there with a couple of panels and stuff that we'll be on. WonderCon, we're definitely going to be on a panel. Emerald City, we'll just be walking around. So, come find us. It should be a fun time. Fighting the crowds. Yeah, exactly. The three-day show Literally. of Emerald City now, Connor. I don't know if you're ready for that. It starts on Friday. Hey. Yeah, that means the this, drinking starts this. on Thursday. This year, oh. we're going to literally fight the crowds, too. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're just going to nunchucks and... <laughs> oh, yeah. Kicking. Just like, take all we can't. We can't make the mistake we made last year at Seattle, Ron. Oh, no, we, I know. We, I'm well aware We drank that. too hard on that day one, and it just ruined no, us. No, it was for day zero. It was the night before. It was, yeah. yeah, that was that not... ruined us the whole time. That was not oh, wise. It was miserable. Okay, so until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm Josh. I assume that's why Tom Jane was attracted to you. <laughs> <laughs> he just was the fumes coming off. Yeah. yeah, he's like, these are my kind of people. <laughs> listen, Tom's okay he, in my book. <laughs> I know. I'm, listen, you're not going to find a bigger fan. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> we could still date. Uh, I'm Tom Jane. <laughs>